Why is this intro? It's a nice custom to welcome the people. Isn't it annoying? Well, sometimes for sure. Anyhow, here comes Neoborn Caveman. Or at least his voice. Come on now. Welcome, welcome, welcome in this world. What's happening in this world today? Well, we can talk about how the military-industrial complex uh, has been creating a brand new perpetual war right now with Yemen and the Houthi, the Saudis, the Iran and the Pakistanis and bombing and sinking and whatever. What the UK has been doing under the surface, actually not that 200 because we can see all the things coming up and well these are not funny shiny guns to be honest and it's not about the people it's about the people who are not being elected actually and not being voted for but still they are doing the things what our descendants will be pretty much mad about and well a lot of people are suffering because of them but well here's the good news the world is ending the new counting says it will be in 4000 something like that so we still have two good thousand years to suffer well why do we suffer because we let us uh, to suffer we let each other suffer but we don't want you to suffer in these two hours so we have some good music some good fun some very well scripted speeches well have you ever heard me with scripted speeches anyway uh, you might ask where india is well india is preparing for the big fair yeah actually she is trading with the world economic forum right now no, that's a joke. She is trading, but not with the VEF, all right? She has more sense than joining those a-holes, soulless, soul-depraved, broken-minded, globalist Marxist with Malthusian agendas. They are just absolutely inhumane. I don't even understand why people are listening to those. I mean, it's crazy. Give them an island. Epstein has a free one. So... Okay, so what else we have today? Uh, well, actually, uh, you can find India every day, uh, 24-7, on her Etsy platform. And just uh, look up, you know, Etsy.com, and you go there, and you are checking on your app that Aurora Production, you know, Aurora Boralis, you know, like, so Aurora Production, and she's selling these river lamps, and now she's uh, laser fighting with the woods. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check this laser engraved maps she has and many other things. And that was our commercial break. Okay, so that's going to happen and we'll talk about the nightlight, why the real games are too real now, why millennials are too weak, why Pimed is a great person, and uh, who are those diversity pilots, and why do we need to, why would we need to be comfortable with owning nothing i mean it's stupid we will listen to some fantastic talent uh, emma cock from france and we will also uh, live review the melancholy christmas by bonnie and the jets believe me that's not necessarily a christmas song it's a beautiful a good one okay so we'll have some good fun and many other things 
All right, are you ready for that? So don't forget to check out Andia on her Etsy platform, Etsy.com, or the app, or the production, and you will have fantastic things that are discount, sale, whatever. You type newborn and Andia human show there, and you won't get any discount because she never gave it. All right, it is show or the listeners, and there is no game for winning anything, but it's still a discounted price for anyone. It's a good gift looks good on your table and actually it's practical also okay if you don't know what i'm talking about look her up all right yeah now let's begin with the best things and yeah one or two parts of the show will be a little bit sad but it's not about being sad it's about trying to find a solution so bear with me okay let's begin Call me Al. Well, listeners, we have something interesting. Actually, I was reading Arnold Schwarzenegger's um, in a newsletter, the pump up, and yes, it happened before he was arrested because he wanted to donate one of his watches for a good purpose. And of course, the German, whatever custom officer said, no, you are going to come with us because you can't do that. But it's for the right purposes. It was the right purposes, but you can't do that because you have to pay money if you want to donate things for other people. It's crazy. Aren't people are out of their mind? Of course, especially if they are belonging to some hmm, organizations. Well, not all of them, of course. So let's talk about Ellen. Call me Ellen. Oh, I don't know what I. What was the tune? I mean, I guess it was a. Paul Simon song when in the mu- music video Chevy Chase money yeah that's that's what all right okay younger young turks you don't know anything about that all right <clears throat> so here it is it's, it will be interesting I promise you okay it will be really interesting it's our health segment but it's really interesting all right uh, could the very light that guides us in the dark be leading us into the shadows of health complications what the comforting glow of your nightlight or the soft illumination from your phone screen might seem harmless, even helpful. After all, you don't want to trip over, yeah? But what if I told you that this seemingly innocuous light could be a silent saboteur of your house? Oh my god, now we are getting into that. So, look, artificial light at night, or Alan. Yeah, so... If it's Alan, call me Al. It's, it's an artificial light at night. So when you meet Alan, hey Alan, hello, artificial light at night, is a phenomenon that has been under scientific scrutiny for the past two decades. It was discovered, actually, that nighttime light exposure can disrupt our circadian rhythm, our body's internal clock, tuck, 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 that regulates sleep-wake cycles. Well, my one... Just the sleep cycles. It doesn't want to wake up, I promise you. This disruption, known as the circadian misalignment, can lead to a cascade of health issues, including psychological, cardiovascular, and metabolic problems. Oh, yes. Well, is it about the stool? No, I promise you. But how does a simple nightlight lead to such significant health issues? To answer that, let's delve deeper into the effects of Alan in our bodies. All right, it sounded from me very gayish that, okay, uh, to answer that, let's delve deep into the effects of Alan in our bodies. What? Well, all right. 
Anyway, let's move on. I know I'm very childish. No child is doing that. Uh, when exposed to the light during our sleep, our bodies suppress the production of melatonin, a hormone that regulates sleep. This suppression makes it harder for us to fall asleep and stay asleep. But the effects of Ellen go beyond just disrupting our sleep. Recent studies have found that nighttime light increases variability in our blood pressure and heart rate, both of which are associated with cardiovascular health problems. But what does this mean for us in our day-to-day lives? Well, you know, I mean, there might be a question that I am a night angel type, when I am an old type, I am a night watcher. I strive at night. Anyway, remember the question we started with. Could the very light that guides us in the dark be leading us into the shadows of health complications? Yes. Oh, oh, sorry, I answered. Researchers examined 20 people in a sleep lab and found that those who slept in dimly lit rooms for just two nights had higher heart rates and increased insulin resistance. Insulin resistance compared to those who slept in dark. Insulin resistance is a condition where the body cells don't respond properly to insulin, leading to poor management of glucose in your blood. All right, it's very scientific. Who wants to know this? This condition is a key factor in the development of type 2 diabetes and other health complications. Hey, what, what, what? You are saying? Yes, I am saying. You keep the light on, you will get diabetes for free. So, to sum up, the artificial light we are exposed to at night, whether it's from nightlight or our phone screens, can disrupt our sleep, increase our heart rate, lead to insulin resistance, and potentially result in a host of other health issues. Yes, the light that guides us in the dark could indeed be leading us into the shadows of health complications. Well, the benefit of all these private institutions yeah, and the big pharma. The very tools we use uh, to navigate our world after sundown could be undermining our health in ways we are only beginning to understand. So what can we do about it? Well, it's a good question, yeah? Close your eyes and I kiss you. No, no, not, not at all. It's simple. Be mindful of your light exposure at night. Turn your light a little dimmer, reduce your blue light exposure before you sleep, and make sure you keep your room as dark as possible when you sleep. Your body, and especially your heart, will thank you for it. Well, no heart is saying that. It's a whatever. So, anyway, long story short. It's not even a long story. It's a short story. So, um, here, actually, I do not have blue lights in my anything. I, whenever I watch a movie or a screen, everything is toned down zero or Blu-ray emission or whatever, blue light emission. And at night, it's pitch dark. And you know what? You can still be okay. So, what can you do at night in the city? You can't switch off the lights. Street lights are everywhere. And, uh, yeah, in urbanized areas, you have no chance to really be healthy, at least with Ellen. Ellen is not good for you. And you can't even see the stars. You are estranged from the nature. But if you move to the countryside, even if it's so-called pitch dark or overcast skies there, you can still see 
and it's beautiful and, and, and much more relatable. It takes some time to get used to it, but it's amazing. And uh, it takes some time to to get used to it. I remember when uh, once I went to the Nevada Desert and I lay down. Well, I didn't go once, but anyway, once when I lay down in the Nevada Desert, uh, you know, in the, in the sand and just looked up the sky and it was so peaceful, no snakes at night was called and uh, it was just great but anyway don't send me snakes so i can't then i petrified uh, but the point is that wherever you go the sky is there and it takes some time to get used to with your eyes but you will see everything and it's so good for your eyes try it at home i mean unless you are really sick or have like mobility issues, but just, you know, I mean, just don't switch on any lights. I mean, even even at the electric sockets, just turn everything off. And after a few days, you will be okay. And what I try to do to train my eyes, for example, that it's pitch dark when I sleep in the room with the kids, you know, and just I look, I stare in the pitch dark. And it's so comfortable for my eyes. It's like really they are thanking me for that. Alrighty, so that was it, and I hope you liked this was our sales segment. Alrighty, so dear listeners, I think you will love this next one. If not, well, <laughs> complain whatever you want to, don't complain. Send me a better rotten tomato so I can make some ratatouille. So, what if the line between the virtual and the real world becomes so blurred that we can no longer distinguish one from the other? Imagine a world where the graphics in video games are so realistic that they are indistinguishable from reality. This is not the distant future, actually, but a reality that is fast approaching with the advent of games like Unrecord, powered by the Unreal 5 engine. But here is the catch. What if this hyperrealism in gaming is not an advancement, but a pitfall? The concern arises from the potential impact of such hyperrealistic games on our perception of reality. Jean Baudrillard, a renowned French sociologist, proposed the concept of hyperreality, a state where the line between the real and the imaginary becomes so blurred that it's hard to distinguish one from other. He suggested that society progresses through four stages, the procession of the real and the imaginary, the counterfeit, the production of the simulacra, and finally the hyperreal. In the context of gaming, we are arguable at the brink of the final stage, the hyperreal. But what does this mean for us as individuals and as a society? To understand this, so let's delve into the impact of video games on our minds and behaviors. Research has shown that video games can influence our thoughts, behaviors, and feelings. While studies have debunked the myth that video games lead to violence, the question remains, would the conclusions remain the same if games become indistinguishable from reality? If the graphics are so good that a murder in the game looks just like a murder in real life, how would our brains react? Would we still be able to separate our emotions and reactions for the game from those for real life? 
Remember, the question we started with, what if the line between the virtual and the real world becomes so blurred that we can no longer distinguish one from the other? This is where the danger lies. As games become more realistic, they create a hyper-real world that can potentially alter our perception of reality. This hyper-reality can influence social norms, shaping perceptions of social behavior and interpersonal dynamics. It can impact how individuals perceive themselves and others. In a sense, the hyper-real world created by these games could reshape our understanding of reality, potentially leading to a society where the virtual is perceived as the real. Well, while advancements in gaming technology like the, this Unreal 5 engine are pushing the boundaries of realism in games, they also bring with them potential pitfalls. The creation of the hyperreal world where the virtual is indistinguishable from the real could have profound impacts on our perception of reality and our behaviors. So, let's go back to this one. What happens when the virtual and the real world becomes indistinguishable? We risk losing our grip on reality, as the hyper-real world created by these games begin to shape our perceptions and behaviors. As we stand on the brink of this new era of hyper-real gaming, it's crucial for us to be aware of these potential pitfalls. So, we should approach this new frontier with caution, ensuring that as we enjoy the marvels of technology, we do not lose sight of what's real. How? That's a real question. Well, interconnectedness outside of the LAN, you know, you don't even know what LAN, I know. So the LAN parties, uh, outside of the, the, the internet, you know, like real people, meeting real people, like in real life, real time, with real questions, real answers, and real sharing, and just real togetherness. I know it's not happening, I know, I know, I know. Chinese model, you will act as the government says so. Well, oh no, actually that was the British model. Oh no, actually that was the American model for years. Why? Because we said so. But what about the science behind that? Oh, there was no science, but hey, hush, hush, don't tell. The money will speak more. So, yeah, if you don't know what I'm talking about, well, you should educate yourself more. And uh, did you know there are no conspiracy theorists anymore? Just people who wake up earlier. So, I mean, there is a saying, okay, so I mentioned the examples of like this, you know, shooting games. But when it comes, for example, like sex games or sex bots or whatever, I mean, and, and there are things that we are not to do in real life, like shooting, uh, unless it's protecting ourselves and no other chances. Um, but what about like sexual deviations? You know, so does it mean that uh, our idea of what we had before in our Patreon special with India, that uh, maybe letting people to live their fantasies in this cage of uh, hyper-reality uh, would be better than having letting them roam in the real life? It wouldn't work. I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. Uh, a lot of people were shocked when these uh, Dragon Ball series came in the 90s. Oh, too violent. People will really do ninjutsu against each other or whatever. And they did not. 
So I know that if somebody watches a two gore movie earlier than uh, their brain can understand it in, in and this tense itself, then it will damage the person's or child's brain for good. I mean, for worse, but forever. So. And that shouldn't happen. Maybe the same with gaming. I don't think a certain years old should play a shooting game. I don't care what it is that, you know? So, I don't know. Uh, maybe you tell me. So, how do you think that we can help people not to go into this full metaverse stupidity? I mean, it is not helping us. The only thing that can help us, and so far helped us, not going mad, not taking medicine, not uh, losing uh, valuable years from our life in health, when we meet up people, when we talk to each other, when we share with each other, and when we have our small or bigger circles, without judging, without expecting, and without wanting to be better than others. So, can we do that? Should we do that? So, let us know. It's podcast at Neoborn and then humanshow.com. It's the NAS, or just write Neoborn and the Human Show on the Twitter or in the Instagram. I don't even use that, so NDA is using that. So um, that's it. Or you go to the Patreon page, actually, there. We can chat also. It's the Neoborn and NDA Human Show. All right, then we are there. You will find our cats because, well, we are not pussies. Okay, so let your voice be heard. It's not the government. It's not the election system. You do matter here. The CEO of United Airlines last month, the CEO, he announced of all the hiring for all the new pilots that are coming up this year, all the hiring for the new pilots, the main focus is going to be diversity. What? Diversity? Not the best pilots you can find? The ones with the most hours of experience? Things you've done it before? Nope, diversity. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of flying all the time with these white pilots landing safely and on time. <laughs> Boring. Hello, children. Are you sitting comfortably? Well, let's say something what is not that fabulous, okay? Get comfortable with not owning anything. What? Is it again the agenda of the 15 minute cities and the universal basic income and whatever the VEF is planning with the new X, 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 it's not the Elon Musk X, but the new pandemic X? Well, it's coming. Or the perpetual wars that are happening right now with Yemen and Iran and the Middle East or wherever. No, 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 no. It's like consumer rights you don't have. You used to have, but you don't. You used to have the chance that, hey, oh, I had this video recorder. It's not working. I bought it last month. Fix it. Hey, I bought this DVD, but it's not right. Change it. 
hey, I bought this TV, and look, one of the transistors went out. Fix it. Or when you bought a pair of shoes, that was yours. Or when you had a car, oh my God, that was your car. Oh yeah, you had to pay the taxes, like, you know, road repair, never went there, or petrol taxes. Of course, if the money weren't spent for your roads at all, or whatever your taxes, it all comes with that. Housing, you are being outpriced of that. We are being outpriced of the housing market everywhere in the West. So what's happening? Now, the new cars need to have a killer switch. So from wherever, in whatever data center, the cars can be stopped. We've seen the dystopian movies. We know that because, you know, people with a little power perceive the real, they will always misuse it, unless they are called Jesus. And there are not too many people who are like the Son of God with having that attitude. Although that would be lovely to have a guy like him in the top of the United States, for example. Anyhow, so you don't have the right to purchase. Let me elaborate. Probably you haven't read the TOCs, you know, lately or whatever. In your contract, digitally, you bought, for example, a game, you bought a movie or whatever online, or an app, and out of the blue, suddenly it was not there or cannot be used. And you want to get more money, but you can't, especially if it comes to Amazon. Why? Because you don't have the right. Because if you really read it, like in the 50s or the 26 pages of the tiny, tiny, tiny characters with absolutely inhuman language, you know, in that syntax, it says that it is a purchase of the opportunity to use that software or game or whatever for a time being and any time for any reason it can be withdrawn let's say you bought uh, any movie you know like not subscription but you download it you know some like apple offers days uh, youtube offers days and of course shitazon also offers this and so on but they can take it out of your library anytime because you signed that contract with them just you were not aware of that. Same story with music. <laughs> Did you know, by the way, that, for example, if you are passing away, whatever you bought in any, doesn't mind if it's Apple or Google or whatever, whatever you bought, it is not yours. I mean, like hundreds of thousands of bucks that you spent on those things, like in 20, 34 years, it's, you cannot inherit it your children. It's gone. Not just data, everything. So that's good, yeah? But let's go ahead. So you don't have to consumer as Purchase is not purchase any, anywhere anymore. It's like longer time renting, yeah? It's a similar cheating when, for example, Netflix say, oh, if you pay higher price, it's 4K. But it's not. It will never be. Just check it out or ask a friend who knows better than you. There is a reason why it's a shitty surface on big screen. Well, um... Let's say with cars, it's a subscription uh, service now. Oh, you want the car seat heating? Yeah, it is in the car, but you can only get it if you pay a monthly fee. Not too much, but a little microtransaction. Oh, 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 you, you, you want to use your Bluetooth there? Oh yeah, microtransaction. 
A, ABS or whatever, it depends on what you buy. Yeah, same story. But we can stop the car. Did you know that when you plug your phone to your car, because obviously that's what you do because you don't want to hold it in your hand, right? Then immediately you give a permission, you just haven't read it in the in the contract you made with the car manufacturer that you they can access to each and every and any data on your phone not just your phone book and what is funny you send a message you do anything it actually stores the data it goes to the data center of the car company and the next owner can also access it if they want so it's very very easy to get lost in this one it's your car, not your car. Why do you think there is a big trend, not just in the UK, but all over in Europe, America, that, hey, old cars, which are not that old, uh, shouldn't be on the road anymore? It's not because they are really polluting the environment. Creating a new car is polluting the environment more than your old car will ever do that. Why? Because you are more independent with that car. They cannot shut it down. Why do you think you are not allowed to fix your own device anymore? It's You buy a new Minimac, you can't even open it. Uh, you buy a Samsung phone and you need to change something, like a chip inside, but it's glued to the screen. So instead of paying like 16 bucks for the chip to be fixed, you have to buy like 400 bucks saying it's a whole set comes together. And that's a smart move for somebody, not for the consumer. So you have a car, but you are not allowed to fix it because then you will lose the warranty or it won't work. Of course, there are always smart people too, who can always patch up things, but it's not the point. Okay, so for example, uh, I love uh, this Rayman Legends. Okay, it's a game. Long, long, long time ago, I bought it in, I think, in Dallas or whatever and uh, you know on dvd and whatever and the last more than well more, one and a half decades i don't know i've been using that i don't game too much but i like it now this game wanted to connect to the ubisoft things many many years ago because cool. all right so now there is an next level field the the the, the the updates came through online it downloads on the computer and you could have like gaming with others instead of playing so cool. Then out of the blue, without saying anything, I had to like, hunt down some articles, but I didn't ever receive an email for that. They shut down these servers, saying, oh, after 10 years, these things are not going to be continued on our servers because of these that buy, hey, buy, the, buy a new, I don't know, Xbox, whatever, PS, four, five, ten thousand, I don't know what, and then you can play on that a little bit longer. Luckily, I do have the DVD, so I can still use the original game. But all my data, all my things are gone. I can't use it, even if I pay for the Ubisoft service. So what is happening now, even in Apple, which I like more than other things, you have this arcade system that you purchase the access to those things, but not the actual game. Cheaper, oh, you can play with more things, yeah, but if you bought something physically at yours, uh, and you have an air gap computer, meaning not connection to the internet, you can use that forever, up until your hard drive is working. 
And that's the whole point, not? I mean, I still have a whole bunch of VHS tapes. Gen Z have no idea, okay? Or DVDs or CDs. Still burn DVDs or CDs when I want to. Because it's more reliable than uh, accessing the streaming because it might or might not happen and the next day it is not there, you know? And I'm not consuming any uh, content. I'm preparing for the art. But there's no point. If I want to purchase something, I don't want to rent it. I purchase it. It's mine. It's mine on the pants. It's my condom. It's my socks. And it's my phone. It's my movie. But not anymore. Not your car. Not your game. Not your application. Not your software. And basically these days, what is now in the agenda? Oh, it's much better if you only rent a device like a wash machine. It's better for the environment. I mean, they keep saying it in, in less than eight years, I promise you. A new generation will be convinced that we older ones are the stupid ones. Not doing that. You know, here is a very interesting uh, quote that I found. It's not my quote. I found it in one of the comments. Right? It sounds like that's very fitting, okay? Democracy is the road to socialism, said Marx, who was not a good guy. Socialism is the road to communism, said Lenin, who was a terrorist. Literally, he was rubbing, he was rubbing uh, trains and uh, doing bombings and so on. Still a big guy, yeah? Communism is not love. Communism is a hammer with which we crush the enemy, said Mao. And that guy, wow, that was beyond terrible. So once again, let's see this, okay? Democracy is the road to socialism. Socialism is the road to communism. Communism is not love. Communism is a hammer with which we crush the enemy, said Marx, Lenin, and Mao in this order, in the history. So, all right, and people are still buying up this communist agenda. Because it's not equality, it's not like that. I am not a friend of capitalism, believe me, but uh, I hate even the slightest idea that somebody else would decide what is good for me or for others. Okay? Because I, they are not my king, they are not God. So, if you have anything what can be deleted from your own things or can be stopped working without your agreement from your own account, from your own home, then it's communism. It is communism. And if you don't agree with me, learn history more. Right now, the trajectory is uh, is continuing with, with the housing. Look at China for mineral Canada and the expensive items, just like I said. It is already happening. It's not an if. It's communism and control. And it is not with good intentions at all. So, what will you do about it? What will we do about it? Well, you avoid the system. You make small circles. Like, hey, uh, my friend will cut my hair. I have a little garden. I will give the pairs to my friend for that. Oh, I know somebody who can fix computers. Obviously, I'm not going to buy something from the Amazon. I will ask that friend or acquaintance to create it for me by that computer. Or everything is legal. You know, 
I'm not going to buy fake food. I'm going to go to the to the to the farmers market and find real food there. And yes, it takes time, especially if you're living in the way countryside or way in the big cities. But still, you can make it. Maybe not as comfortable. Maybe not as lazy. But this is how you do it. You create your own community. And community can help you. That's the whole point. You can't survive in recent society because recent society is designed to um, mutilate anybody who wants to live happily ever after. And when we are crashed, we are thrown out and the next one is coming without knowing what happened before. And what we can do, it doesn't mind if you live in the UK, in Australia, in America, Spain, wherever we are living, yeah? That is that we stand together, we check on each other, and we say, hey, did you know that uh, my parsley can help your whatever issue you have? Did you know that if this, this, this garlic, what I grew, is much better than the Chinese version, here is, here is a f- few gloves. Just try it. You know, this is how it is working. Hey, I have a second home. I spent like two weeks, a year there. Why don't you go there for holiday? It's good for me because somebody will make some order. And it's good for you because you can go on holiday. So I think when we agreed to separate ourselves from each other, where then we started a slippery slope of doom. And that's what happened to us. This is why we don't find our life so satisfying most of the times. So let's create a community. Let's create what is much better than any government agency can offer. Uh, let's have people around us who can prepare us how to forage, for example, how to make fire in the forest to, to, <laughs> to burn crickets, what we hunted down, whatever. You know, so yeah, that's it. Why don't we unite? If we unite, then we won't be let down by forces that find happiness only by pushing everyone else down. We can elevate each other, and through that, we will be elevated. What do you think about that? Was it too far-fetched? Is it too utopistic? Or do you think it could happen, it should happen, and you will make it happen? Let me know. We do have some good friends in the world, and we have some good acquaintances in the world. But there is no one else like Paul. What kind of Paul? Is it Simon? No, we have a better Paul. This Paul is from Ireland. And this Paul is not McCartney. Well, why would McCartney Paul be from Ireland? That's stupid. We have a better one, a more contemporary Paul. And he is... 
and I'm not going to burst your eardrums once again, okay? So be mad. And uh, we like him. He's a good lad. And whenever you have a chance to talk to him, you will have a fun time, that's for sure. And he has good thoughts too. I asked him to share some traditional Irish things with us. This time, it won't be neither Potato nor Tom Cruise. So, what do we have here? Be mad on Irish folklore. I think you will love this bit. And after that, some music by PMAD. Hi, this is Paul from PMAD, and I've been asked maybe to bring you a little bit of Irish myths, legends, folklore of some sort. So, here's a little tale that I grew up with, and the Irish did. So, once upon a time, many years ago, there lived a great warrior named Ushin, son of the legendary Fionn McCool. McCool was the leader of Fianna. They were a group of great protectors who guarded the High King of Ireland. And each day, Oisin and Fianna explored the green hills of Ireland as they hunted the land, searching for food and just seeing what's out there. But one day, Oisin and Fianna saw a beautiful white horse in the distance. And on its back was the most beautiful young woman they'd ever seen. Her hair was the color of the sun and fell to her waist. Beautiful view. She wore a dress of the palest blue studded with stars. She was surrounded by a golden light. As the beautiful woman and her horse drew nearer, all the men stopped in their tracks, waiting to hear what she had to say. And she did say, My name is Neve, said the golden-haired maiden. My father is king of the mystical land of Tirnanog, a land that knows no sorrow and where nobody ever ages. I have heard wonderful things of a great warrior named Oshin, and I have come to take him with me back to the land of eternal youth. Oshin immediately fell in love with Neve, and although he was sad to be leaving his father and Fina, he agreed to join Neve on horseback and go and live in Chirninog, promising Fionn McCool that he would return to Ireland and see him again soon. The fine white horse galloped off across the silver seas and into the magical land of Chirninog. As Neve had promised, this was a land where nobody knew of sadness and nobody ever aged. Everyone there lived forever. Together, Neve and Ushing spent many, many happy times. Although there was a small part of Ushing that was always a bit lonely. He missed his homeland of Ireland and longed to see his father and Fina again. Oshin begged, begged Neve to let him return to Ireland, but she was reluctant. But although she thought that only a few years, although Oshin only thought a few years had passed, it had been over 300 years in Ireland, since in the land of Chirninog, time slowed down. So he begged and he asked. Eventually, Neve saw how much Oshin missed his family. She agreed to let him return to Ireland to see them again. Take my magical white horse, but whatever you do, do not get off this horse, and do not let your feet touch the ground, or else you will not be able to return to Chirninog. Never again. Oshin set off across the seas on Neve's white horse and arrived in Ireland. When he got there, he could see that things had changed. 
The Fina no longer hunted green hills, and the grand castle that once housed his family was crumbling and covered in ivy. History. As he was searching for someone familiar in the green hills, Ushing came across some old men who were having difficulty trying to move a huge rock. He leaned down from his horse to help them. That's the kind of guy he was. But in doing so, he lost his balance and fell from the horse. The moment Dutchin touched Irish soil, he immediately aged 300 years that he had missed in Ireland. An old, frail man he was now. He asked the men he had stopped to help about his father, Fionn McCool, and they told him that Fionn had died many years before, broken-hearted, and many hundred years old, Oisin died soon after. But not before he shared the legends of us, of stories of Fina, his father, great Finn McCool, and magical land of eternal youth that is Tiernan Og. And even today, these legends live on. So, Tiernan Og translates as the land of the young. The lessons learned from Ushin's trials and tribulations and love on Tiernan Og are that we must value love when we have it. The passage of time, it goes quick, and the acceptance of change. So, thank you very much indeed for listening today. I hope you enjoyed Chernanog. All right, dear listeners, how did you like it? Was it good? Was it awesome? Was it something you never thought would happen to you? All right, so now, as I promised, here is a song by P Mad. You can't not like it. I mean, this is the best what could ever happen to Ireland. After all, here is a guy who doesn't look for the troubles, but creates good music. And he does have an opinion, just like this song. It's the title. Opinion. And he observes the world. And he creates this gothic rock or whatsoever. Anyhow, enjoy B-Man for whatever he is. And he is a great artist. Just listen. When you're right, life is bright. When you're right, all I needed was an opinion. No excuses were needed. Well, it's hard to 
saying where it can decline to but yeah the politics and what's happening there with the population replacement is not really funny at all but at least one good new thing is coming out from Ireland and that's PMAD and there are the good bands too but well now we have a good opinion by PMAD check this new single out and love the guy I mean who cannot love the guy only the people who never talk to him he's very talkative so reach out search out and break out break out your boredom and listen to PMAD good abuse he has how does it feel being with me I knew I could be somebody I knew I could be somebody are you fed up with the Vanillias? Are you really at the edge of accepting people who are really just giving up and just ghosting everything, workplaces, everything around you and giving you a hard time to digest that just why they can keep on? So what is the reality and what can be the reason why these millennials and X-Factor, I don't know, competitors or whatever they are just uh, you know just AGT content I don't know they are just always just want the best for themselves but they don't know and don't feel that they also have to work for that so is it because of parenting I have an intriguing question for you is the modern trend of overprotective parenting and having fewer children later in life a ticking time bomb for our society In recent years, we've seen a shift in parenting trends. Parents are having fewer children, often later in life, and are becoming increasingly protective of them. This shift, while seemingly benign, may have profound implications for our society and the mental health of future generations. But what drives this trend and why should we be concerned? Well. The trend of overproductive parenting is driven by a combination of biological and cultural phenomena. Parents today often have fewer children, making each child more precious and leading to an unwillingness to take risks with them. This is further compounded by the fact that parents are having children later in life. A parent in their 40s, for example, may feel they have all their eggs in one basket and thus be more inclined to hover over their child. But what impact does this have on the child? Hey, no judgment here. As we delve deeper in the effects of these parenting trends, we begin to see a more concerning picture. Overprotective parenting can lead to a range of negative outcomes for children. It can reinforce anxiety hinder social growth, and lead to higher occurrences of anxiety and depression in adult life. Furthermore, having fewer children can lead to less care and companionship from siblings in old age. <sighs> okay, but how does this trend affect society as a whole, you may ask? Remember the ticking time bomb we mentioned earlier? Me, myself and I? Well, let's explore how these parenting trends could potentially explode into societal issues, okay? 
The societal implications of overprotective parenting, having fewer children later in life, are vast. A decrease in population could lead to shrinking societies, with many countries expected to see their populations half by 2100. Yep, by the 22nd century. Goodbye, China! And welcome to the new Muslim country, UK. Oh, sorry, shouldn't I have said that? Oh no, because it was 2050. Anyway, this could result in significant economic and social challenges. Moreover, the ethos of overprotection can permeate schools and higher education institutions, reinforcing the cycle of overprotection. Let's be honest, there were no schools in 100 years. Well, the modern trends of overprotective parenting and having fewer children later in life, driven by understandable motives, can have significant negative impacts on both individuals and society. These impacts range from increased anxiety and hinder social growth in individuals to potential economic and social challenges on a societal level. Alright, so let's answer this original question, okay? Is overprotective parenting and having fewer children later in life a ticking time bomb for our society? The answer, based on current trends and research, appears to be YES! These parenting trends, if left unchecked, could lead to significant societal challenges in the future. Well, the only question here is, is it was the Schwabigans, the Klaus Schwabigans and the World Economic Forum and the other puppets want? Or it is by design? As we navigate the complexities of modern parenting, it is crucial that we remain aware of these potential pitfalls. Maybe we should strive to strike a balance in our parenting styles, fostering resilience and independence in our children while still providing them with the love and support they need. After all, the future of our society depends on it. Well, okay, so these were my notes, but what do you think about that? I mean, I am not necessarily happy with the capital punishment not to mention the corporate one but I think it is okay to mad I think it is absolutely necessary to teach children that there are consequences and it is okay not to have at all screen times a day let me let me no phone no screens nothing nada niente why because uh, if that matters to them, well, they thing. And, uh, well, who is the master at home? Not the kid. Of course, they are on pedestal because that's normal. But they also have to do some shite at home, like mopping the floor, sweeping the floor, hoovering, uh, making their own beds, or, oh, God's sake, peeling the potatoes. So everybody should have their own part of responsibility. Well, today it seems to be... a common pattern with everything what I'm saying. But here's the thing, if they are not given a chance to fail in their responsibility, if they are not given a chance to experience consequences of their inactions or their, I don't know, uh, narcissistic uh, sparks, they can't be treated accordingly and they won't be able to experience that this is not the way to grow. 
and they will be selfish, narcissists, and they will literally murder other people's soul later on, including their own. So maybe we should toughen up. And once again, I'm not saying, and I would never say that, to hit a child is a good thing. No. And when I would say shout to a child, but it is okay when you are shouting and saying, hi, that it is not good for me. Hey, Heavenly Father, ah, it's too hot. So what you can say, what you can do, is to express your frustration and you could show that despite all your zen, despite all your chill, or whatever it is likely to say, you are mad. But it's not against the love you have for your own kid, but against the behavior. And this is where I think the line should be drawn. Because it's okay to be mad, it's okay to be loud, against the actual inaction, but not to the kid. You should always be reassuring, saying that, hey, I love you, but I can't accept this, how you are behaving. And uh, one other thing, threats. You don't threat your child. No. You don't threat your consequences either. Uh, if you don't uh, let them to come true, then you will have no respect in the eye of the kid as they grow up. And if there is no respect, there cannot be love because respect is the foundation of love. So why would you want to stop your child to be able to love you? So don't break your own word. Of course, if it is a little baby, as you grow up, it's different. So you always have to change and adapt to their needs and to developments. And yes, you have to make mistakes. It's okay to admit the mistakes. There is this saying that don't go to bed with anger. And it's a good practice. There are a lot of good practice to exhale out all the bad energy, to pray, to sing together and embrace each other, fall asleep together, you know, hold your hand, hold each other's hands, you know. And yeah, no phones in the sleeping room, no phones before you go to bed for two, three hours, not even for you. You can set up any phone now that, okay, after 6 p.m., no calls, I ram into my phone. Heck, you can even switch it off. There is a physical button that your phone won't be ringing. Why, oh my God, what can happen? Nothing can happen. Has it ever happened to you? Did the train hit you on the fifth floor of your apartment? No. Did the Iranians explode your head with their ballistic missiles? No. It is not going to happen. And heck, if something dangerous is happening to you, it's already too late to call, not? So there is FOMO, fear of missing out. Come on. Switch off all your computers or your devices. Oh, not just flight mode, like physically. Put them away. You don't need them. Nothing special will happen. And you know what? Nobody cares if you are not checking your whatever message boards. All right? But if you do that, your kid will understand that that is more important than him or herself. And then later on, there will be no respect towards you. It's an addiction. But I don't care. You are the first person, you are the adult, behave like that. So if you don't want 
you know, quitters in society and not saying you should accept every shite what you are receiving from the corporate elite or whatever. I'm not saying that. But then, uh, you know, the very fragile children, when vanillas are coming up and growing up, then how will they be able to protect themselves against the barbarians at the gate or whatever? No. It's your responsibility to make them strong. And uh, you don't have to go full Spartan and 300 with them. But still, it's your responsibility. It's our responsibility to have consequences, no threats, but real deals, adoption, and so on and so on. Well, what do you think? Does this meet with your experiences? Or you're saying, oh no, I just want to listen to music. Well, here it comes. Well, we always like good talent. We always like good music and we always like sharing with the world, especially with you, dear listeners. Of course, usually we share English things, but sometimes we have some Italian, some French, and so today we have some French. Here is this young lady called Emma Cook, okay, Emma Cook, and uh, she's going to perform Barbara Pravi's song called Voila. And this was the recording uh, from Andre Rios' um, 2023 Maastricht uh, convention or concert, okay. And uh, well, okay, so if you are not familiar with the word, so uh, let me translate quickly for you, okay. And this song is more about, and I think, dear listeners, you will be able to connect to this, because that means, usually this expression, here this song, it means that, uh, here I am, finally, you can't kick me off the stage, this is me, okay? And it's it's like a huge presence. So uh, I I will say the translation first, and then you will hear the song, okay? Listen to me. The half singer, talk about me to your loved ones, to your friends. Tell them about this little girl with black eyes and crazy dreams. What I want is to write stories that you will hear about. That's all. Voila, here is who I am. Here I am, even if I'm scared, as I'm naked. Yes, here I am in the noise and in silence. Look at me, or at least what's left of it. Look at me before I hate myself. What can I say that another hasn't already said? I don't have much, but I place here what I do have. Voila. Voila, here is who I am. Here I am. Here is the end as I'm naked. That's my face. That's my scream. Here I am. Never mind. Voila. Right here. Me. My dream. My will. How I'm dying from it. How I'm laughing at it. Here I am in the noise and the silence. Do not leave. I am begging you to stay for a long time. It might not save me, no, but I do don't know how to live without you. Love me, how you would love a friend who is living forever. I want to be loved because I don't know myself how to like the shape of me. Voila, here is who I am. Here I am in the end as I'm naked. Here I am in the noise and rage too. Finally, look at me and my eyes and my hands. All I have is here. It's my face. It's my scream. Here I am. Voila. So this is the song, all right, written by Barbara Pravi. Or voila. And uh, the young lady who we sing is a 15-year-old Emma Cook. Voila. Nobody can put us out of this stage. Nobody can kick you out of your own stage. 
voila, here you are, finally, standing up. No one can stop you. Écoutez-moi, moi la chanteuse à demi parler de moi à vos amours, à vos amis. Parlez-le de cette fille aux yeux noirs et de son rêve fort. Moi, ce que je veux, c'est écrire des histoires qui arrivent jusqu'à vous. Ça m'a 
Okay, so dear listeners, if today this is the only thing what you pay attention to, it might be worse, and it is not funny. And I know, sometimes we bring very hard things for you here, and yeah, we don't want to avoid the hardships in life, we want to find solutions through all the hardships and all the bad doings, all the wrongdoings, all the shite forkery around. So, here is the name called Bronson. But this time it's not Charles, it's Bronson Battersby, alright? And um, he's in a better place now, that's for sure. And you might be familiar with the case. What happened in Skegness on the 9th of January, when he was discovered, starved to death, holding on to his already dead death's leg with his final attempt. Because after Christmas, his father, Kenneth, got a heart attack and died. And this toddler boy couldn't even reach the food or open the fridge because he was a little bit short to be able to reach anything. And uh, probably he was way too weak by the end to do anything. And uh, he was even too short to reach for the fridge. He was two years old. And yes, it is sad, but the reason why I bring this up, beside it's always good to pray for somebody, is that already we know that this family has a mother who got separated with this father and she kept two of the kids the dad kept the youngest kid and uh, there was a conversation between them at Christmas time and that's it and uh, what happened is that I don't know, I'm a parent I wouldn't be able to live an hour without my kids even if they <laughs> pissing me off sometimes. So, even if they piss me, even if they make me angry sometimes. So, the thing is that there was social service included and uh, provided, you know, child children's service care, you know, because little boy had been under that, uh, provided by the Lincolnshire County Council, you know, and uh, whatever happens is that this worker goes there, checking in, nobody answers, the worker leaves, the worker comes back a few days later, nobody answers, the worker asks the mother, hey, did you get anything from there? No. Then the worker asks the police, hey, let's have a welfare check. Police says, hey, fork off. Or something like that. Week passes by. Calls again the police, the social worker, and nobody is responding. So finally, the social worker got a hold of the landlord who opened the door, and then the police few hours later arrived to do the post-mortem and so on. 
And that's tragic. And yes, there is an investigation where the people uh, made mistakes and so on. But the reason why I am bringing this topic for you today, because way too many, way too often, and somehow we are more sensitive when it happens to children than when it happens to elderly people and so on. And um, yeah, why do you expect that any government agency will take care of you? They only do it for the money when you are old, when you are put to a nursery home. They even put mortgage on your home if you have one, to make sure that you will pay their fees. Why do you trust any social services? Why? I mean, there are good people. I'm not against that. There is fantastic police work all the time. But look, not all the time. And how can it be prevented? We can't prevent families to break up. We can't protect people from other people who play being arses. And uh, what we can do is to look after each other way often, way more often. When we don't feel that we are isolated from each other, when we don't think that we are better or worse than the other, when we don't feel ourselves uh, distinguished, when we don't feel that, hey, different color, different way of speaking, different literature, what she, hear, it, they, them, read, whatever. When we say, hey, this is one tribe, when we take responsibility for each other, and it is not being nosy, that's another thing, that's, that's terrible, but it's not being nosy to look around, hey, where is this funny little toddler? Haven't heard his voice for a day. What's going on? Let's have a knock. I mean, here's a biscuit, or let's ask around someone, hey, have you seen the kid? Or whatever. Because this is taking responsibility. Not so long, a couple of decades ago, especially on the countryside, in many, many countries, it was full normal to watch each other kids. And even if you don't know the kids, to say, hey, you can't do that, and kids behaved. It's not only about respect, it's only just taking care. And the reason why it was decided to talk about this very upsetting news what brings helplessness, powerlessness, and despair to many hearts. And it's hard to talk about it, believe me. That is, it's just another chance to shake off everything what we had before and what stopped us from paying more attention to our surroundings. It's not being a horse. Anybody can do that. I mean, you say something positive, people will attack you. If you share your your victory, people will attack you. If you show, hey, my postpartum wasn't that bad, and look, I can do this because look, you just it's 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 you know giving some energy, showing off that after eight kids you still can do that. Like this lady at the American farm, who used to be a ballerina. People say, oh no, you can't do that. You ruined my experience. No, it's not like that. And it's worthy to take the risk to being talked down. It's worthy the risk to to feel shy because somebody scolds us, because misunderstands us that we are not nosy, just really honestly we are curious. Because it is worthy 
because maybe one more time can save one more people. You know, it's the same story. If you see a homeless person on the street, fallen, you don't just walk away or throw money. You wait for the ambulance. You have them, especially in the winter, to stand up. I'm not saying that we are all able to listen to their stories, which is more meaningful to them than the money, what we can give them. But we can stand by the next human being, because that makes us human. And if we can't do that, if we won't do that, if we don't want to do that, if we feel, ah, then we are not humans. We are not humans then, because we have a responsibility. That means we are responsible for ourselves and for each other. Even if we don't like each other, even if we can't stand each other. Because that's it. There are no enemies. Enemies are only in these stupid movies, the crime stories and the mass media and the series and of course in the news and the military industrial complex creating all the enemies. But there are no enemies in real life. Just fellow human beings who act in a way we don't understand. And maybe they are in the wrong. Oh, many times they are in the wrong. But it does not stop us. It should not stop us. It ought not to stop us at all, ever, to check on each other. Because even if that person is a Muslim, a Christian, an atheist, or just being an let's say a trans person or a white person or a blue person does not mind. It's a fellow human being. Check on each other. And don't believe the superficial smiles. How are you doing? I'm fine. Never believe that. Be a real human being like God created you. And I don't care if you don't believe in God. You didn't create yourself. You can co-create yourself. And that's it. And you can be responsible for a better life. You can't control the military industrial complex. You can't control even your own government or council. But you can control your own action. And you can make sure that despite all the hard work, despite all the doomsdays what are coming, despite the inflation, despite the coldness, despite the lack of insulation in the homes, despite the 15-minute cities, despite the globalist Marxists taking over with their Malthusian agendas, you can still be responsible and saying, all right, I'm utterly tired. But hey, why there is no light in the neighborhood? What happened with that laughter where is this rascal who always annoys me? Where is Danny's the manis? Because that's on you. In a way, we are siblings of each other, like it or not. And in a way, we are parents of each other, like it or not. And in a way, we are children of each other, like it or not. We are interconnected, not because of the stupid metaverse or whatever. But because humans do that. Humans do that. This is a human show. You are listening what you have to show in the everyday life. Do better. And make Bronzon better with this matter this way. And now we are going to listen 
song but it's a very sexy voice Such a happy time 
I want to listen to this song more and more. It perfectly encapsulates the feeling of loneliness and melancholy. It's very good. It's very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. So I want to listen to this song again and again and again. It would be perfect in any, 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 any short film or, or series, very catchy chorus. So once again, Bonnie and the Jets, Melancholy Christmas, a song not to listen only at Christmas time. Great. Bonnie and the Jets. Lovely. All righty, dear listeners. Do you like it? Was it fun? Do you think you could have done it better? <laughs> Most probably. <laughs> How come that uh, you couldn't have done better? Oh, anybody can do that. I mean, come on. Everybody can be a preacher after reading one or two books or just asking Bard or whatever. Hey, invite me something. I want to be this or that. Okay, so. And before we go, we really need to talk about a few things. And this is that you are a great person. Doesn't mind if I don't know you. You are a great person. Why? Because you are listening to this show. You are listening to this radio. You are listening to this podcast. You can join our Patreon. It's near one and your human show there. You can join uh, wherever you want to join us on our podcast. What was Alison? All righty. <coughs> there is a problem. The skeleton couldn't climb the mountain. But you might ask, why didn't the skeleton climb the mountain? Because it didn't have the guts? Oh, yes. What do you call someone with no body and no nose? Nobody knows. <sighs> Come on, I know you don't like it. No matter how kind you are, German children are always kinder. You know, like kinder, kinder. Kinder, kinder, you know, no, no, no. Okay, Americans, you have no idea what we are talking about. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's hard to be delighted when a burglar stole all our lamps. I should be upset, but I am delighted. <coughs> I'm starting actually a new dating service in Prague, and I was seeing the name, and it will be called Checkmate. <coughs> bad one, bad one, yeah? Very bad one, I know, I know. Did you know how many telemarketers does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but he has to do it while you are eating dinner. Okay, Gen Z has no idea, yeah? I know a bunch of good jokes about umbrellas, but they usually go over people's heads. I searched for lighter on Amazon, but all I could find were 6,000 matches, so I'm sad. Well... You might have heard, uh, uh, you know, this folklore tale by PMAT. So let's go back to folklore. What sound does a witch's car make? Broom, broom, broom. Like gag me with a spoon. Bad, yeah, yeah. Okay, why did the man name his dogs Rolex and Timex? Because they were watchdogs. Okay, and before you go, what did one DNA say to the other DNA? Do these genes make me look fat? Alright, dear listeners, meet your ears next time. Bye. This has been the Neoborn and Andy a Human Show. 
presented by two purple rabbits from behind the Jupiter in a hidden moon at a secret base in an undisclosed location. 